0: What up, Mofo? Where y'all at?
1: For everyone listening, if you want to send in stories, articles, photos, would really help us is maybe like some remixes or some custom music for us to use, please use that email, practicallyfriendspodcast at gmail.com. You can also see us on RSS.
2: Mocha Mocha. You can Take see us on Amazon and yeah. Spotify. This makes me want to rock to the beat Ride to the rhythm, start moving my feet Talk to my spirit till I knew who was he And I start truly seeing who I came here to be Instead of what this world wants to make me believe Got me running on a treadmill, chasing my dreams In this fairy tale fantasy, all make believe Be all you can be once you set your mind free That's what I see now, but did it this whole time Didn't think to align, body, soul, with the mind How to close third eye, controlled by the blind Couldn't see that I was being held below by design Until the day I found my inner flow through my rhyme Connected to my essence, now I know it's divine See, I looked into the mirror, saw my soul through my eyes Haven't seen you in a minute, see, it's been a long time Let it go. clear your mind Body, soul is divine And I know in due time That it all will be alright This makes me want to rock to the beat Ride to the rhythm, start moving my feet. The movement is key. To longevity when the body is free to express the pain and the stress disappears. Converting the fears into food for the fire and find the desire in moments embraced. Utilizing space to expand. Dance in the sand. Come and take my hand, stand tall, don't give up when you fall. It's all about balance. through life's daily challenge. Cause man, you gotta move, gotta do something that you love with open minds. Reading the signs from the soul's voice. Quiet the noise to make sense of confusion and see through illusion. I think the solution is focus to bring to the the surface, the things you don't know. Let's go clear your mind, body, soul is divine, and I know in due time that it all will be all right. Yeah, this makes me want to rock to the beat, ride to the rhythm, start moving my feet. Meditate for life and renewed in a peace till I sit there with a smile like Buddha in his seat. Complete, we bringing that feel good music. Nice be of cool, we making real good music. Okay, hip hop's next evolution. We representing life, it's time to heal through music. Yeah, with every single Earth revolution, Repping with the flow, body, mind, soul movement. Montel Jordan, this is how we do. Old school like when cats said yabba dabba do, but we back to the future, injecting the newness. Positivity mixed in with the truth. My only real concern when I'm stepping in the Goddamn sending sending the U. Track over.
3: Okay, so like I was telling you earlier, there's, I'll just repeat it, there's this car cut me off, it was a Toyota Corolla, I'm coming over here, and you know, I was trying to get past him, he cuts me off, probably misses my bumper by, I'd say, at least two feet, so, <laughs> sounds like he's got some talent, <laughs> talent of being an idiot, yeah. um, so we end up going past the semi, which was next to us. This person gets over in the next lane. I try to go past him. He goes even faster, gets up past me again, gets in front of me. Turn over into the right lane because there's no cars. This person gets in front of me, so I'm like, okay, time to get rid of this bastard. So there's this exit coming up, uh, which you know, Kyle, as Grantline. Yeah, yeah. So, I take the Grant Line exit. Of course, this person takes it as well. Well, I end up, I get up far enough. at this point, he's following you. Yes, at this point, he is pretty much following me. So, I get up far enough on the exit where I have enough time to scoot back on the highway, but he's trapped because of the grass without going over the median (laughs) and wrecking. So, I was like, all right, thanks, pal. Fuck you. I'm out. Deuces. Well, he ends up getting on the exit ramp to try to get back on the highway, but at this point, I'm already gone. Yeah. Like, there's no way he's catching – by the time this person even attempts to get close enough to me, I'm already taking State Street, and this person is just going.
1: So, no, nothing actually – like, y'all didn't get out and start throwing hands or nothing? Nope. You,
3: You avoided that, thankfully. That's why I did that little escape maneuver up Grantland. Oh, shit. You sly. lie. Mm-hmm. For those of you who never done that, keep that trick <laughs> in mind next time somebody's <laughs> following you.
1: Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've been on both ends of that argument. <laughs> like the instigator and the escapee.
3: It, it's an easy way to get out of being followed or being tailed without... Without being harmed.
1: Yeah. I think i will watched enough cops. I think I'm a go- I'm think I'm okay. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Officer Nate. Sergeant Nate. Oh, Sergeant Stumler. To you, sir.
3: Sergeant Stumler. Yeah. Good to see you, sir. He's
1: watching cops upstairs right now. Of course he is. Goddamn right. <laughs>
3: I'm about to go up there and say hi to him. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, go ahead.
3: make their own... Oh, we're on? I not know that. Well, no, we're going to talk. Might as well talk. Fair enough. But um, Pat recently had Brock on his podcast. Brock was telling about how he teamed up with the Bearded Butchers, who are... um. Yeah, I might want to put the headphones on. Yeah, we're getting there. We're almost there.
1: <laughs> kind of an impromptu episode here.
3: Yeah. But... Brock recently announced that him and the Bearded Butchers they teamed up on a seasoning, like a, uh, and this isn't like just like steak seasoning. Like this shit, you can put it on like chicken, you can put it on ribs, you can put it on steak. A lot of people do that actually. But Pat had it on with Brock. And Pat said they'd been using it for a few months, and in Pat's exact words, he said, "You've got a winner here." So I've I've been wanting to kind of order that seasoning, see if it's really as good as people say it is. By
1: all means, do it because uh, I mean, when it comes to like like uh, like barbecue people or smoking this, what I what have you? When I got that Gator and I smoked it here. I ordered um, their seasoning, and it was orange-based, mm-hmm. you know, and I had oranges and potatoes and this, that, and peppers and all that inside the gator guts and everything. I mean, and I used the entire fucking thing of In, seasoning. The entire chicken. Yeah, I mean, it's a 15-pound gator, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not mad at people trying to do their own rub and everything. Hell, I mean, the rub that I learned came from um, that cookbook that I got. Oh, yeah? You know, from uh, uh, Amazon. I forget what the the guy's name is at this point. But,
3: uh, yeah, I'd love to try it. I think so. I think what they said was if you go onto the Bearded Butcher's website and you look up Brock's seasoning, if you use the promo code Brock, I think – I don't know if it's still going on or not. What's it called again? Uh, Look up Brock Lesnar Bearded Butcher Seasoning. Uh, All right, go
1: ahead and say what you were –
3: But I don't know if it's still active, but there was a promo code for a little while. It was Brock. It would get you – I think it was like 10% off of
1: the order. Was it bearded what?
3: Bearded butchers.
1: Butcher. Yeah, Brock Lesnar blend.
3: <laughs> Brock Lesnar blend. That's what it is. WWE
1: Bearded Butcher Brock Lesnar seasoning blend. Okay, try and set, try and come up with a more catchier name first of all. Bearded burger body hungry man.
3: The, um, the Beast Blend. That's what they should have called it. Yeah.
1: Uh, looks like it's not that bad. I mean, it's $11 and then a $7 delivery. Mm-hmm. Walmart, $16.99. So that's pretty much the same. Um, Here we go. As a uh, Brock Lesnar talks about life as a bearded butcher. Have you seen this? Yeah. Well, we're about to see it again. And that shit doesn't work, by the way. Grow a beard does not fucking work. Nope. I have the little thing that pricks your skin. I have the oils. I have the supplements. It doesn't fucking work. Nope. Nope. Not at all. It just pricks your skin. I want to cook that here soon. A tomahawk steak. Oh, yeah. Tomahawks are, yeah. are I wanna so d- good. Dude. mm mm <laughs> Is that my fucking crab tail or uh, lobster tails? Mm-hmm. My all God. That, all that man eats is meat. That all just looks like pale butts coming out of a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brisket. Mm hmm.
3: That's him? That's Brock. He grew a beard. Grew a beard and he has a ponytail. Like, dude, straight up looks like a Viking.
1: Dude, this is all I did before I had a studio. There you go. All I did was just smoke meats. Oh, he's got a green egg and everything. Yeah, of course you can afford that. A green egg.
2: So how did I hear about the bearded butchers?
1: I
0: heard about the bearded butchers because I... Okay, pause it real quick.
3: He's got a goddamn cow hanging. First up, you think his voice would be so much deeper than you just hear him talk. That's the least thing I'm worried about. I'm talking about
1: that da- goddamn corpse hanging up. Yeah. He's dangling So. He said, By his
3: left shoulder. Okay, so before this continues, so he talked about this on Pat's podcast. So he has a five thousand acre farm up in Saskatchewan, in Canada. Uh huh. He run. He has a full time functioning farm with employees. Then he has his. You have to at that point. He has obviously his big his big house out there, and on that same property, further off which I think is where he's at right now. Probably. Is his own butcher shop. So if I'm correct, he might be in his butcher shop. Yeah. If not, then he is in the bearded butcher shop in Ohio.
1: Well, I I don't want to play too much of this, but, like, um,
3: yeah, I wouldn't put it past you on that one. But, I mean, dude, just how much he's fucking changed in a year's time. He went from short-ass hair and just this stuck up douchebag. Oh
1: yeah, he was pretty much the uh the act like the uh the modern day equivalent to uh Ivan
3: Drago. Yep. And then looking at him now, he is a modern day viking. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was so funny. I was um I think I was in school with somebody and um uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. This guy, it was right when Brock Lesnar like went into MMA. You know, like, like the very beginning of him going into MMA. So this is probably like his New Japan days. No, I'm talking about UFC. Oh, so this is right before he went into UFC. Like right as he went into UFC. Um, I, I think it was somebody I worked with or someone other. It was like, Brock Lesnar's my stepdad. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> it's like... You got to be kidding me.
3: First off, at that time, motherfucker lived in Minnesota. So what the fuck's your stepdad living in Minnesota and you're living here?
1: Either here or Florida. Yeah. like Yeah. It's like, oh, he's my uncle, like, twice removed. Don't fuck with me. Something. Something like that. Whatever. It's like, dude, for real. Goddamn, man, don't reach that far. Just go
3: home. Just go home. I'll tell you this. You know... I'm not one to tell tales. There's a family friend of mine who trained Brock in his early wrestling days in OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling. I believe that. A guy by the name of Rob Conway. Does that name sound familiar? The last name does a little bit. He was in WWE for a little while in the early 2000s. I think it was, it was from 2002 to 2004, right around the time Lesnar left. That was about the time to
1: where I was actually still into uh, WWF at the time.
3: He was a part of La Resistance for a little bit and then he he wrestled a match against Kane Ooh. around the time when Kane was going through that whole May nineteenth saga. That sounds familiar. Do you remember a match on Monday Night Raw when Shawn Michaels was a special guest referee and he put that yellow May nineteenth shirt on that one competitor? And it
1: Vaguely, just- vaguely, vaguely. I love Shawn Michaels, by the
3: way. No, I'll I'll pull it up here. If you can,
1: is it uh, Sean? My- is that it with a W, right?
3: Uh, what? Yeah, it's it's with a W. All right, Shawn. but anyway, yeah, that match was Kane versus Rob Conway, with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee, and it was during the whole May 19th saga. It was right around the time uh Kane's first movie came out. Yep, third one see that guy Ooh, right there? Oh,
1: I do remember that a little bit 10 years ago. Jesus Christ, way to make me feel old.
3: Yeah, that, that was Rob Conway. That is a family friend of mine. Really? Yep. He trained with my uncle back in uh, his bodybuilding days before he got into wrestling. And making his weighty, in at 320 pounds,
1: Kane. Wait, this is Kane without the mask?
3: Yeah, this is right around the
1: time Oh, this this was after I oh yeah, this is definitely after I got out got out of it. I remember he was uh he was in that, that movie was it uh See No Evil. Yes, yes. And he was great in it. This no, was this
3: I, this was coming up when his movie was about to be released.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch this whenever he didn't have the mask. I remember, like, the, the, the one sleeve, like, red and black with the, the Yeah, mask. when he debuted. Yeah. No, no not, not when he debuted. I mean, he, he had that for a while.
3: Yeah, but so, yeah, that match, that's Rob Conway versus Kane. That was a big old boy. Watch Kane right here, dude. Kane's acting is so fucking incredible. Yep. Okay. You want to
1: hear something totally geeky? What's that? Is that I was so into wrestling when I first moved down to Florida. Is that me and my friend Aaron were so into it to where like. Um, I would have to stay the night at his place on Sunday nights to watch the pay-per-view. Yep. And then we'd have to both go to school together. I mean, we went to school together. But it was so, like, my allergies for cats was so bad. I'd sit there and watch the pay-per-view breathing through a wet wash rag, <sighs> you know, and, like, Monday Night Raw and then uh the pay-per-views not like what was that Monday Night Raw and then what, when was uh uh Smackdown? Smackdown
3: It first came out on Thursdays.
1: Okay, so Monday and Thursdays we'd be on the phone together. Be like, "Oh my god, did you fucking see oh that?" My god. <laughs> and I would tape it. <laughs> Dude, I probably had a stack <laughs> of fucking tapes. So big. But. And then and like that I would like uh I would down. uh was that I would I would buy videos of like when Triple H first came out and like fucking remember the old ladies wrestling? Oh, May, yeah. yeah May Young and Moola. May Young, yeah. Dude, I mean I was all about it and like we had a I had an N sixty four and we played No Mercy. That was a badass fucking game. No Mercy was probably the best wrestling game I've ever played. But like I'd I'd play SmackDown like the one with uh, the rock whatever right oh, there on, yeah. the, on the on the cover. It was a SmackDown two, I think. Yep. Oh dude, I'd play that every goddamn day. And I dude, I even had the little uh the ring with the little bungee ropes. Yep. yep. I still have the Hardy Boys and Chris Benoit and um uh, uh was it Latino Heat? Uh Eddie. Eddie Guerrero. Yep. I have all those characters. Oh, and Undertaker. And, Taker. like, Stone Cold, uh, The Rock. I have all those characters, those uh, action figures. Mm-hmm. They're not dolls, Mom. They're action figures. Right? <laughs> I, I I had to say that a few times.
3: <laughs> I did, too. And same to Friends. They're still down south. I, have, I still have them. I have an entire bin Full of action figures. I probably have three different Undertakers, two, three, four different Canes, maybe five. Sup, Kane? Uh, one of Brock, a couple of The Rock.
1: Yeah, that's that's too new. That's too new for me, son.
3: Um, a couple of The Rock, Big Show, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Triple H, Stone Cold, Austin. Stone Cold. I do have one of him. I think. Uh Rey Mysterio. I love
1: Rey Mysterio. I actually
3: have a Lucha Underground mask signed by him. That's fucking awesome. I have man. a Lucha Libre mask signed by him.
1: But yeah, like I was I was geeky about wrestling like okay through uh 6th, 7th and halfway through 8th grade.
3: Okay. Do you remember <sighs> You might not have been watching around this time. Well, here, let's finish this real quick. Okay. And after this, I'm going to finish the story about Rob.
1: Oh, my God, he cut his hair and everything. I don't like it. Oh, Kane? No, Shawn Michaels. He's bald now. Do you remember... uh, what was the porn star guy, Vance? Vince? Uh, Lance Archer? No, the guy that like had like the um, like the moves like this, and like he always walked out in a towel, and he acted like he uh, his specialty move was was the money shot.
3: The money shot. Oh, who was that? He was like a.
1: He acted like he was a porno guy. It was BV something V, something B I'm looking it up. No, see, that's not Shawn Michaels. That's Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is in the referee shirt. Yeah, no, I thought you were talking about him
3: right here. That's Rob Conway in the yellow shirt.
1: Oh, no shit. That's your boy? Yeah. Oh is this one he did uh sweet uh chin
3: music to Kane? Oh, might have been. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, fuck it. Val Venus.
1: Val Venus that's, that's it. That's who it
3: was. Val Venus. Yep, that's who it is.
1: <laughs> Him and uh was it Mark Henry? Sexual Chocolate.
3: Sexual Chocolate, baby. That's what I'm talking about, man. But
1: oh, dude, and I remember uh when we were really into it, it was fucking Rikishi and The Rock Big together. Kish. Dude, Big dude just rubbing his ass, all over stink face, all over it, face.
3: Booker T, book, oh, dude, I loved Booker T, dude. Okay, so there, I
1: remember when Kurt Angle first fucking got in there, fucking. Kurt That's Kurt. when I
3: was into it, dude. No, okay, so a few years ago, back at WrestleMania 34, Kurt Angle actually stepped out of retirement. And I think I heard about this, yeah. wrestled a mixed tag team match with Ronda Rousey. I heard about this. Against Triple H and Stephanie. Well, it's weird. Like, the first time I ever met Rob Conway, I was actually in a bowling league with my dad. Metal. And, well, I remember, like, the first day, I remember seeing just this huge, yoked-ass motherfucker. I was like, that dude is a fucking giant. What the hell? I remember yeah. looking at my dad. I'm like, who is that? But then I saw his name, Rob Conway. I was like, why does that fucking name sound so familiar? So I looked his name up, and I realized, I was like, oh, my God, that's a former professional wrestler that is sitting seven feet away from me. Yeah. And so I got to talking to him a little bit, and it turns out he was a Close friend of my dad's brother, my Uncle Mike, who passed away a few years ago. R.I.P., Uncle Mike. Rest in peace, man. God rest your soul. Uh, but when my uncle was younger. This is him
1: right here? This is fucking Conway.
3: Oh, my God. That's Conway. Holy
1: shit. Yeah, that's Conway. He is way bigger in this, in 05, than he was in the one we just watched.
3: Yeah, because back then, the one you saw before that, that's when he was still a rookie. This is him, like, a couple years into the business. Oh,
1: my God.
3: You should see him now. That dude, pushing 50, is over 50 years old, and he still looks like that. What a fucking Greek god, this guy. But, except nowadays, him being older, he has less body fat. How can he get less fat?
1: Mm. Dude, I'm telling you. We're watching the Greg Valentine versus Rob Conway uh, it's uh 102105. Uh, well, he and re- Conway's the one in the glasses. Yep, this motherfucker is
3: cut. Jesus, wish
1: he was this fucking cut.
3: <laughs> but anyway, so I got to talking to Rob one day. By the way, nicest fucking guy in the world. Oh, I bet absolute fucking legend. I definitely a guy. Yeah, I bet such oh a nice. Oh my god,
1: look at the fucking traps on him.
3: I know. But it looks like he's hiding behind somebody else. <laughs> but <laughs> so turns out when my uncle Mike was younger, he was a bodybuilder. My uncle trained Rob Who the fuck is this? That's Greg Valentine. Ugh, gross. Go ahead. But when Rob was pretty young, he met my uncle because Rob wanted to be a professional wrestler, but he needed to build up some muscle. Yeah. And he met my Uncle Mike. And my Uncle Mike was a bodybuilder. And back then, my uncle was a big motherfucker. He was a
1: bad dude. Was it like Ronnie Coleman, I think, is his name? Ronnie Coleman. Remember we were talking about the uh, the Belgian Blue Bulls that could not make fat? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Ronnie, Ronnie Coleman, I think. the the I think Mr. So. Universe, the, the yeah, black dude. Yeah, I think so. He can I barely think- move now. Think it but was, like, yeah. Um, yeah, like he was genetically meant to be Mister Universe. But yeah, go ahead.
3: But anyway, so and Rob, keep in mind, Rob is from New Albany. The dude went to New Albany High School. Wait, Rob Conway is from New Albany. No shit, he went to New Albany High School. That is awesome. So, but anyway, when he started bodybuilding with my uncle, the reason why he looks like that now. Is from training with your uncle. My uncle got him into those training routines, and he just got fucking huge. I texted him probably about six months ago to check up on him, and I asked him. I was like, hey, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah, what's up? So I asked him. I was like, I know you used to work out with my uncle when you were younger. Do you still use any of the same routines that he taught you? He said he still remembers every single routine my uncle taught him by heart, and he still uses those, and he's going to keep using those till the day he dies.
1: Fuck yeah, dude.
3: But when Rob finally got big enough, he went down to the training regime at the time, which was Ohio Valley Wrestling in in Louisville. He went down there, and he started to become one of the lead wrestling trainee guys because Rob was such a big fan of professional wrestling. He knew all about it. So Ohio Valley Wrestling... Instantly took him in, put him as one of the top guys, and he trained new incoming people every season. Oh, like NXT. Almost. Yeah. It was the past version of NXT. But he trained guys in their prime like Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. Randy Orton, mm. The Big Show, mm. John Cena, mm. Batista. I
1: can't see nothing else after Cena.
3: <laughs> Batista. I would love Batista. Dude. And Rey Mysterio.
1: I love Rey Mysterio. You know why I lo- always loved Rey Mysterio? Why's that? It's because he was he was a little dude.
3: He was so much smaller than he
1: everybody. Was, I'm talking about like I mean, obviously all these guys normally are so large. It it almost like
3: But he was 5'7", 180. Five seven, that's taller than me. And you he You know,
1: but but he's he was smaller. I mean, these guys are fucking gargantuan. But and it it, it kind of like numbs you to how tall they are because they're all tall, and like and he comes in with a Nutri-Libre fucking mask and those baggy ass flamboyant short shorts, and like he's doing all these like acrobatic shit and he's just like, flying he, around and you know that's you know that's what fucking uh not Matt but um the other Hardy guy Jeff Jeff Hardy uh kind of got uh the was it the swan, Swanton 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 from you know and it's like yeah and is but like i loved him so much because like that kind of like because i was always the shorter guy right that's probably why i liked him so much
3: yeah there's a reason he got the nickname the giant killer
1: oh, i didn't know he had that name
3: yeah one of his many nicknames is the giant killer because he's that, def-
1: that one movie does where he slides Six one nine, or was it? Uh, he he goes up and he holds onto the top rope and then he swings his legs around, and kicks you in the face. Yeah, six one nine. Yeah, yeah. You
3: know what? You know where he got that name from? Six one nine. That's not,
1: it's not Miami, is it?
3: That's the area code for his hometown of San Diego. Ah, uh, makes sense. Six nineteen. I, I was close. But um, anyway, so Ray was the first superstar I ever met, but. Rob is the first you, one. You met Ray Mysterio? Ray is the first WWE superstar I've ever met. Uh, did you see him without the mask? No, unfortunately. But he did have this one mask that he even told me he's never worn in the ring before. It was this it was this silverish black mask. Really? With like almost like spikes sticking up out of the top, going down the sides and going down to the front to the nose piece and going down the back. Oh, it, it
1: sounds almost like, a was it a Nacho Libre mixed with, like, a totem pole mm-hmm. almost. I, but, like, I like that idea.
3: But Ray, dude, I shit you not, I was one of the last people in line, so I got to have, like, a, a little quick conversation with Ray. Like, obviously, I got I got the autograph on the mask. I got a picture with him. But I got to have, like, a little quick conversation. But once I handed him the mask, dude, I'm not kidding you. He dropped the Sharpie he was holding that he was getting ready to sign the mask with. He dropped it. He picked it up. He's like, dude, I've seen this mask before. Nuh-uh. You know what's even crazier? My sister's ex-boyfriend got it to me in a convenience shop in Gulf Shores, Alabama. He said he knows that mask before. He's seen it before. Wow. But he signed it and he looked me dead in the eyes and he took my hand and he's like, can you do me one favor when you go home? I was like, what's that? He said, don't ever lose this mask Hmm. because this is a piece of history not only for you, but this is a piece of history for me. Seeing people carry on the the Lucha Libre, yeah, wrestling tradition, and he he was glad to still see it was going around. Yeah, so he's like, "I want you to hold on to this." That's another lo- thing I liked
1: about like like what I felt about Rey Mysterio is that he was kind of like like the whole like Lucha Libre like yeah. like uh he, um uh, culture. He was very passionate he, about like where he, he's from. He got he got into our mainstream, and still h- was able to hold true
3: to his, being, yeah. to his.
1: To where he's from, yeah, and, and people, I know how fucking corrupt it is with McMahon and this, that, and the other thing. But he did it in a way to where um, everybody was, liked it. Everybody liked it, so McMahon and everybody, the powers of be, couldn't could not let could not change it. Yep, and and that that's a dude. That's a lot. Props to him. Plus, every I love Rey Mysterio. Man.
3: Everybody who has come in contact with Rey Mysterio, has gone on a podcast and have had nothing but good things to say about him. You got guys like Cody Rhodes going on, talking about how Rey, here's a little fun fact for you. When him and Cody wrestled at WrestleMania 27, it was actually Rey Mysterio's idea to work Cody at WrestleMania. He was walking around. There was a bunch of guys down in the ring. I think it was before an episode of SmackDown. When it first aired on Friday nights. And he pulled uh Jim Cornette aside and he's like, How about him? Pointed right at Cody. Cody Rhodes' first pay-per-view ever was at WrestleMania twenty seven against Rey Mysterio. And Ray no and Ray put him over. Ray put Cody over. Cody won what the match. What do you mean oh like put him over? Like over the ring? He no, like he he put him over. Like Cody pinned Ray at WrestleMania and Cody oh. Cody went on to have quite a lengthy Intercontinental title run yeah after he beat Ray but um I mean hell you got guys like Undertaker he's come in contact with Ray Mysterio he loves the guy because
1: well you know they're all just in business together And,
3: yeah. obviously spoiler alert
1: to you Belgiums this is all scripted.
3: It's a scripted business.
1: I didn't want to believe it for the longest time when I was but, in middle, middle school. But but, that's, but the thing is is that it doesn't it doesn't take away from the influence that Rey Mysterio and then other guys that we've been talking about and I mean, have on the sport and the 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 culture.
3: Well, and there's a lot of like professional wrestlers who actually do not like each other in real life. Like outside of the business, do not like each other, but hell, you got guys like even Brock Lesnar has praised Rey Mysterio for his work. He's a bad motherfucker, dude. Dude, Rey is Ray a Mysterio, giant.
1: Rey Mysterio is like an inch and a half taller than me, and he's like...
3: He's a small dude, but he's a giant in the wrestling world. Yeah. I love Rey
1: Mysterio. And, but um... Uh, s- go ahead, sorry.
3: The second guy that I got to meet was Sheamus. Ah. Uh. Uh, I don't know enough about him to actually form Sup- an opinion. Super nice guy. Super I, nice I, guy. I hope he. I hope he is. He was. He was a very. He was a very nice guy. Uh, third one was the Big Show. I would love to meet him, dude. I
1: don't think he'd be able to fit in the studio.
3: I'll tell you one thing. He's not as tall as you think he would be. He's just a big fucker. He's a big fucker, and dude, his hands are probably about the size of a fucking baseball mitt. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, yeah. Like, hold up your hand real quick. His hands are about three times the size of yours. All
1: right.
3: One, two, three. Oh well, eh, not three. Two but and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half, I'd say. But, um, no, Big Show. Hat. I'm not wearing a hat, but hats off to the Big Show. Yeah. I mean, he he's been he was born with gigantism too, right? Mm-hmm. Same as uh, Andre, right? Same as Andre the Giant. Same with uh same with Kane, actually, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, Kane's over seven foot.
1: Well, I mean, you can you can be over seven foot and not have gigantism.
3: Yeah, but um, Big Show had it. Andre had it. Uh, Giant Gonzalez, if you remember him. I do not. He had it. That that dude. Is the tallest professional wrestler to ever live. How tall was he? Seven foot six. whoa. look him up. That dude made the undertaker look like a midget. I don't know I like and the undertaker was six foot ten.: I don't know I, I would and I will, but i'm
1: I pulled up this fucking video here, and um it's <laughs> I just typed in Stone Cold Steve Austin. So right now, it's... Uh,
3: oh, this is his beer bash with Goldberg. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I don't know the history behind it. It's, yeah. They're really dude, good friends. Dude, Goldberg. I love Goldberg so much. I do, too. And they're just sitting there just chugging beers over and over. Dude, he is such... God damn. Yep. Spill all over everybody. Um... Did you ever watch, you know, uh, Forge and Fire, obviously, right? Right. All right. Uh, there's a spinoff called Knife or Death.
3: Yeah. you don't, I've seen it before. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, and he's the host on it with an uh, an Asian uh, guy. I think he was a uh, Delta Force or Green Bray or Marine okay. or something other. But um, it's him and Goldberg fucking uh, hosting it. And, man, he still looks
3: good. He's swimming in the beer. Swimming in beer. Yeah. Stone Cold. Um, what is this? Stone oh, cold. that was the beer bath. That was when he sprayed all that beer.
1: 1999. On, okay, this I might remember.
3: Sprayed all that beer on the Rock and the McMahons. That yep. was that yep. was the beer bath. I, I probably
1: definitely remember this.
3: Yeah, then Kurt Angle recreated it with milk a few years later.
1: Did
3: he? Yeah. He sprayed. Uh, I do
1: remember that. He
3: sprayed Austin and like WCW and all that. Me. Take your little glass off so I can see your eyeballs, son.
1: Pull them off, because I want you to look right here. When that bell rings and the match is over, you are looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, King Stone, stone Cold so. King Stone Cold Steve Austin is focused. Yeah. As far as right now goes. The big celebration afterwards, Stone Cold's gonna drink a hell
3: of a lot of beer. But I- Look at Shane McMahon. Shane. He's such a little baby. Dude. That's another very underrated wrestler with what, Shane. What
1: what what was your uh give me your best impersonation of Vince McMahon firing somebody? <laughs>
3: You go first
1: You're fired
3: You're
1: fired I don't know Email us for the better one Who is better? Who is better? Who's better? (laughs) better?
3: (laughs) Sorry if we just bursted y'all's eardrums
1: (laughs) That's why I leaned back first
3: I think
0: we ought to share
3: a little pre-match beer right
1: now I feel like doing it again It's, It's pretty powerful Tell you what, hey, Stone Cold Jabroni, you come out here and you make your idol <laughs> Dude the rock was so fucking hokey back then.
3: Uh Jabroni oh. No <laughs> you're
1: rolling oh. um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um but like think about it, like back then. 1999, I believe this bullshit. Right. If you worked for a re- wrestling, the worldwide federation
3: when it comes to wrestling. World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. Like this shit, you'd believe it every if step of the way.
1: I, I'm going to piss off my boss by driving a goddamn beer truck. Down the center lane, with thousands of people there, and then spray him and expect to keep my job.
3: Well, because that's the thing, even in that world, Vince, Vince wasn't gonna fire Stone Cold. One, because he was fucking terrified of him. Dude, it's all scripted. He was I know. part of it. I
1: know. But I'm saying, think about it in like a more real world aspect.
3: Your ass would be grass if that were the case.
1: It's like, you couldn't even get that truck past the fucking security. Nope. <laughs> but if he did, he just walked down and was like, you're
3: fired. Yep, exactly. That, <laughs> yeah. was, that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, no, but back in this day, the reason why people believed it so much is because they could push it way further past like the limit on TV than they could now. And I remember on uh, it was about this time to where
1: SmackDown came out and SmackDown 2 came out and you'd actually fight in the lobby and the parking lot and this that and their thing. Yeah.
3: Well, because back- you could
1: have a buddy of yours
3: interfere. Oh yeah. Well, and back in this day when it was on TV, it was still labeled as TV-14. So it's like in other words, it's PG-13. But nowadays, obviously like we're in the PG era. Oh, is it? Yeah, we've been in the PG era for a long
1: time. Driving right back to the Jabroni Drive, you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dude, I miss Jerry Lawyer and um uh, Lawyer.
3: Jerry Lawyer. Lawler. 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 Whatever his name is. <laughs> and the other one. JR. JR. Little, JR's actually in uh, AEW now. The king. Dude, he's fucking eighty. I know. And,
1: and he's still wrestling? JR. This is the wrestling cast, by the way.
3: <laughs> Jr. Well, Jerry Lawler. I don't know if he's still. I think he's a commentator in NXT now, but Jr. is still uh, a commentator. But he's well, Jr.
1: He, is the one with the cowboy hat, right? Yeah. And then Jerry the King Law Lawler.
3: Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had. He used to. I remember. I actually saw him on a pay per view or something other. Yeah. Um, where he actually got his cape and fucking um. A crown back on and like yep. whipped the rocks ass. It's <laughs> well, like, the last time.
3: Okay, really? <laughs> well, actually, the last time Jerry Lawler wrestled a match, believe it or not, I think was back in 2012.
1: No, this was before then, way before then.
3: Oh yeah, I know, but yeah, but yeah, his last match I uh, think was in 2011. It was against or 2012. It was against Jr. Mike, Michael Cole. Believe it or not. No shit. Yeah, back then, they were having like a massive-ass feud. Like, it got so bad to the point they actually wrestled a match at WrestleMania 27. And how old was he at that point?
1: He had to be in his 70s. 60s. 60s or 70s. Yeah, look it up.
3: So, WrestleMania 27.
1: uh, We'll take a break so you can get a, a fresh beer for both of us.
3: Oh, no. This was her first match on the main roster, coming up from NXT. Okay.
1: And uh, yeah, we didn't play all of it here on air, but I am now in love with Paige. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Still on the line. What? what? You she's a tap out. You tap out. If she gets it over, she's arm going. Hey, Look at this. Oh! I do have to admit, dude, the Hurricane Rana move oh, yeah. is one of my favorites. <laughs> um, has a little special place with me because when I was really into um, wrestling, all we did was go over to uh, my friend Brian's house because mm-hmm. he had a trampoline. I had one too. So my big friend Eric. Would power bomb me, <laughs> and then um, but the thing is that I would jump up and just like randomly lock my legs <laughs> around his neck and just do a backflip, <laughs> and just he'd be like, Boop! <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and I would like throw him damn near off the goddamn <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: trampoline. It was hilarious. Now see, so I got a little confident and I started doing this thing. He, he's like, dude, what the Fuck. The thing is, is that uh, we were, <laughs> I'd see him like down the hallway in school. <sighs> I'd drop my backpack and I'd, <laughs> and I'd run up behind him and I'd grab his head and I'd do like a reverse DDT oh, and just shit. bring him down to the floor. He's like, fuck, man. <laughs> he said, dude, I did that
3: for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> He's like,
1: <laughs> I'm so over this
3: <laughs> it's like, but i'm not i'm not but anyway so when me and my friends grew up wrestling i was known as the submission specialist
1: you ever do a uh figure four is usually what was my favorite see
3: my go-to because it was the simplest to lock in for me at least was the ankle lock that was the one that was used by ken, Fra- ken shamrock and kurt angle yeah um if
1: it you was ever, not you remember the one hold on, uh, okay so imagine somebody's laying face down right face down, right and their legs are over here and you like interlock their legs and
3: then go like this. Oh, remember that one. Oh, what was that called? I don't
1: know, but I that same guy that I used to reverse DDT randomly in between classes, I did that once to him and
3: I damn near broke his ankle. <laughs> um, but. The other one that i go it to besides like the ankle lock. It was like that. I don't, I don't know. I think that might be like the heel hook. I You know what? That sounds familiar. I think it was the heel hook. But the one I'd go to besides the ankle lock was the sharpshooter. Ooh. Made famous by Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. The best there is, the best there was. Was that kind of
1: like the, the figure four mixed with the Waltz Jericho? Yes. Yeah. All right. That. Yeah. I remember the walls of Jericho being like, "Oh no!" And they're always crawling. Yeah. It's, the it's so,
3: it's basically a two leg a two leg Boston crab. If people for people that don't yeah know that kind of thing. Well, I don't know it, but yeah, it's a two leg Boston crab is what the walls of Jericho was. Um. But my go to now, nowadays is the you're warning. still doing this, eh? Hey? <laughs> well, whenever me and my friends <laughs> decide to f- decide to fuck around and get yeah, into wrestling yeah, matches yeah. or whatever, now my go-to is actually the one that Brock Lesnar used, that he brought from UFC, the Kimura. So it's a it's an arm submission. So what you do is say you got somebody facing you; they're kind of leaning up on you. You go, you take one arm, go over their shoulder, under their arm, oh, and then peel under it their back. arm, wrap that same arm right here. Grab, grab their wrist with this hand, and literally just crank the shit out of their arm, and it can, it's almost like a, a police move. It kind of is. It's almost kind of like, it's like a more aggressive version of a key lock almost, because it's like you've tra- heard of
1: the key lock, but I don't. Because it's like
3: you're trapping their arm back behind it, but it's like it can not only but break, you're tweaking the shit out of it. You can not only break somebody's arm by doing that. You can dislocate somebody's elbow cuz Brock did that to Mark Henry and and uh shoulder too I think. It can destroy your fucking shoulder. Mm. Um, poor
1: Mark Henry. But You're still my sexual, sexual chocolate Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you man. If uh, you if you by chance listen to this fucking podcast, Mr. Mark Henry, I would love to have you on. Uh he's actually in AEW now with the big show. Oh, well so he don't need my my publicity. <laughs> but
3: um, <laughs> oh man, what's some other good ones? Like you said, the figure four. I always loved the figure four. I don't remember
1: how to do it, but I remember I loved the, the the technicality behind it, like the physics behind it. Like it yeah, was, it was like there was, it, it would it's, hurt you a little bit, but it would hurt them five times.
3: Well, and that it's also like there is such an easy way to reverse it. All you have to do is flip over onto your stomach, and that way it reverses the pressure back to the person who oh, originally yeah, that's locked that's right. That's and right. What's crazy is if you reverse that, that reversed submission hold actually has a name. It's called the Indian leg bar.
1: I've heard of that too.
3: That These all sound
1: like the moves that I was scrolling past when I was playing No Mercy on N64. Yep. What? But uh, real quick, if I didn't say it before, on the best wrestling game in history is No Mercy on N64 because you could get um, all of uh, was well, it uh, uh, Goldberg's finishing moves Spear, and cut c- jackhammer. I mean the jackhammer dude, and it was like. The controls were, like, not too complex, but not dumb-dumb, you know, like how it is now. Oh, man, it was the best, bro. You could customize the fuck out of it. When I get my N64 back from down south, I'm going to order No Mercy. Unless I already did. I don't remember. But um, on the wrestling note, before um, we close out here, uh, the actual uh, news story... That I uh, brought up to you earlier.
3: Yeah, let's talk about that real yeah. quick. Yeah,
1: and it's a very important part um, or important subject here is about bullying and this, that, and the other thing. Oh, yeah, it is that. Weird. And um, here's the thing is, like, I don't want to, uh, you know, coattail too much off of Mike Calta over there at one one zero two five The Bone. But um, he is good friends with um, Chris Jericho, X-Pac. I mean, down there in Tampa, they all live down there. Yeah. Hell, this is actually where it um, – actually, it's not too far. Right here is F- Fox 51 in Gainesville. And um, uh, another wrestler, um, if you didn't know, uh, Chris Jericho, also the lead singer of Fozzie and uh, the creator of The Walls of Jericho and Y2K. <laughs> Y2J. Um, Y2J, that's right. Say thank you. Yep. Thank you. I'm going to edit the fuck out of that one. <laughs> 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 but, um, But the thing is Is that uh, he was on air this morning Talking about this with Mike Elta. Really? Oh yeah huh. I listened to it live Oh wow No they're really good friends And they're also really good friends with Kevin Smith Who filmed the movie down there With huh. with Mike Helta And Jericho You know um, But yeah I mean <laughs> Nice one you God, that was probably a good 30 minutes without a fucking flag <laughs> look at that we're doing good <laughs> you guys do it again. i don't remember where that sound drop was at <laughs> so i just did it myself
3: yeah that's when cool shit happens <laughs> yeah anyway <No>.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> All right, so, yeah, serious time right now. Um, So, with Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho um, tweeted this out, and I think it was, um, I think he said he had, like, 600,000 retweets or views on this, and it's his niece. It's his brother-in-law's sister's kid. So, I mean, of course, it's a little, I know. At first, you guys are going to say, oh, oh my God, I mean that's fun. that's, that's kind of far away from Chris Jericho, but no, it doesn't matter who it is. right? She's still- it's still family to him. And yes, And he even said on the, on the uh, article, and I suggest that all of you go on there on uh, 1025thebone.com or their app and look up that interview. And he says this, the same thing was that um, it doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter if they have a famous uncle or not. This needs to be addressed. And like we they had co- I said, we, I feel like I'm a part of the show. S- I listen to it so fucking religiously. Um, but no, um, it's like they, they, they had like a slew of colors all day today people that, you know, like had experiences um on the uh the bully and the bully e side. Then they even had a 30-minute uh, call with a human resource girl that used to work for the uh school county there, you know. But I haven't seen this video yet, but this is a uh, video of um apparently uh Chris Jericho's niece um getting an orchestrated beatdown, orchestrated. And the thing is, here's another thing, before I even play this, is that, um, is that there was, I think, allegedly, there was complaints towards the counselor, the uh, the, the vice principal, and the principal before this even happened. Right, and this fucking happened, and these people orchestrated this beatdown. I haven't even watched it yet. This is the first time I'm seeing it. So, so as much as it pains me, we're gonna watch it. That's
3: fun. That's fun. Cause I've been a fan of Jericho for a while now.
1: A lot. I remember when Jericho first came into WWE. Oh
3: yeah.
1: But that was actually a pretty decent segue, I think. Oh yeah. Not a nice one. Not but, a nice one, but. But but appropriate.
3: We're watching wrestling, and this has to do with Jericho. Just yeah. uh, a second
1: here. Uh yeah, we're we're working on it. Damn it.
3: Technical difficulties, folks. No,
1: I just didn't hit a button.
2: Chancellor Chris Jericho is spreading the word about bullying after he says his own niece was bullied outside her school in Hillsborough County. Video was captured of the incident. We do want to warn you before we show it to you that this can be a little difficult to watch. He says his 12-year-old niece is seen in this video being punched by another girl. More kids surround the fight. At one point it appears somebody does pull an attacker off the girl. Jericho says he shared the video on social media because he wants other kids to know it is important to speak up when they see somebody being bullied.
3: God damn right. For me, I want to use this this, um, influence. And that's if for that's durability. a word, to, to try and get some light on this, and more importantly, make sure that we find out why it happened, make sure it doesn't happen again, not just for
0: her, but for the other kids in the school.
2: Well, Hillsborough County Schools says a punishment was handed down as soon as they learned of the incident. That can range from suspension to expulsion.
1: And that's acts fucking bullshit. Dude, they were, they were notified beforehand.
3: They were notified It's like, beforehand. oh, we're going to take responsibility after
1: the fact. You
3: know what? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, they wait. They wait till it's too late. That's bullshit. <sighs> yeah,
1: no, it it pisses me off something fierce,
3: dude. And I know Jericho, motherfucker. That dude's got a mouth on him. I know good and damn well. Here, he, let, let me see if I can. Uh, I know Jericho gave that school a good ass chewing for that. Oh no, he said it's it's still in the works.
1: It's still in the works.
3: Yeah, but Jericho, I know Jericho, man. He's got a mouth on him. He is gonna give him a good ass chewing. And that motherfucker is scared of literally no one. He and got- the thing
1: is that uh, they actually started off um, saying this morning that he's in the best shape of his life.
3: <laughs> he is. <laughs> Have you seen him?
1: No, apparently he cut 30 pounds and, like, gained, like, another 25 of uh, muscle.
3: Dude, he's in great shape. Here we go. Um... Welcome back
1: to the show, our friend Chris Jericho. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? This was early this morning. morning man excited to be here as always dude how are you I uh, I'm great and uh, you know you're always welcome on the show time. and I wish in some cases it was under a different circumstance like today uh, Chris has been on the show several times talking about wrestling his books his uh, uh, music with his band Fozzy. but yesterday uh, I saw it immediately when you released it a tweet with a video uh, of now this is what your this is your niece so this out of her by one girl while a bunch of kids stand around jeering and uh, you know, screaming and laughing and all this sort of thing. So um, I found out about it on, on Sunday night. It happened on Wednesday, and I wanted to try. Okay, so I'm not going to play this entire 20-minute video because um, copyrighted, and I, I respect my Celtic too much, but I implore you to go to theboneonline.com and then look up the interview with Chris Jericho on May 24th um, of this year. And I'm telling you, it is – I mean, it, it will shed a lot of light on it. I heard it this morning, and it it was disgusting, enlightening, and inspirational all at the same time.
3: That's that's one reason you got to have that much kind of respect for Jericho, man because he he is not afraid to speak up at all. No, and he, he
1: said time and time again, I mean it's it's not I mean he's doing this for people that don't have famous uncles. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and like is is kind of pretentious as that kind of like seems as like a a non-father like me at first, but then you hear him out and it's like okay, right.
3: you make you make a lot of sense. Right. You know? And like you just said He's saying this for non-famous uncles. I'm an uncle as well. So I know exactly what he's fucking saying here. I'm an uncle. Well, I'm well, I mean it's not just about non-famous uncles, but it's like
1: let's just make this clear for the yeah, uh, ex- the, exactly. the listeners. It's it's for everybody. Like for everybody. Just because she has a famous uncle doesn't mean that he is doing this because it was his niece. But he's doing this for everybody involved, everybody all across the country. He wants to get the message spread out. Yeah, this shit needs to stop. And the thing is, and he did say that, hey, if it takes a semi-famous uncle to uh, bring light, you know, bring the limelight on this, then so be it. But can you imagine like what? like what uh his niece is feeling right now like embarrassed. Not only getting beaten down, it was recorded. Now everybody's talking about it. You know. And that's one of the things about bullying though is that um is like if if you report bullying at least when I was in school um it's pretty obvious to the bully who fucking you know, ratted? Yeah, and then it's just it gets it gets worse after that.
3: Exactly. That that's how it was when I was growing up, because I was a victim in that in that phase.
1: I was too. And I'll tell you a story right now. <coughs> back when I was uh, living up here before we moved down to Florida, there was this fat fucking kid in the front of the bus. Apparently, that was the cool spot, not the back, the front. Mm-hmm. And um, every time. I would get on and get off the bus. He would make fun of me, right? Big, fucking Imagine Cartman <laughs> incarnate, okay? <laughs> so the thing is, is that, and it was Mr. Keisler who was uh, driving our bus. Okay. Is a real well-known family name here. Um, so, and I, I, I came home one day. And I was uh tearing up, and my uh not my oldest but the the middle child my other older sister was there right brandy and i was i think I was crying or I was upset or something or other, and she said, "What's wrong and it's like this guy keeps on making fun of me and like picking me out, you know, and I'm sitting there tearing up and she's like. If he messes with you again, tell him that if he does it again, that your big sister is going to beat him up. The worst advice I've ever heard in my life. Yep. (laughs) (coughs) Well, so I get on the bus. He gets picked up after us, I think, in the morning. So on the way home, I'm walking up walking up to get, uh, you know, dropped off. And he's like, <laughs> whatever he said. I don't remember what he's he said. He's running his mouth. Yeah, right. he's running his mouth. Right there, catty corner to Mr. Keesler. He's an old dude. He has, a, I mean, his family name runs a lot of businesses here mm. in this area. Mm. And he's an old dude at that time, right? And I said, you better stop or else my – uh My older sister's going to beat you up. And he just started laughing hysterically to the point where I've never seen somebody's face run that red. Like, you know, right. Yeah. And I look over at Mr. Keesler and he's just looking at me. i look over at this kid and I pop him right in the fucking nose. At boy. And I look over at Mr. Keesler again and he just gives me a little nod Like like that. Nice job, kid. And I run out of the bus, I run across the street, I run into the house, and I hide underneath my bed. <laughs> there you go. You know what happened
3: after that? Left you alone. We were friends. There you go. <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it takes, man. All it takes is a quick ass whooping. Yeah. Um, I had a similar story like that. I'm not going to mention names. But growing up. I'm
1: too old. Most of, most of my names probably died already. <laughs> except for except for my sister and the the um, that and their thing but at, it, hard at it
3: Anyway. what's wrong with me so well growing up in my neighborhood actually the neighborhood I still currently live in to this day there was uh there was this kid that lived on the other side so it, it's like a it's a two street subdivision well, one of the kids that lived on the other side he was he was taller than me but he was very lanky. Like I I was definitely lanky
1: as in like skinny. Um tall and skinny or yeah. okay. So he was gangly. Yeah. Okay.
3: But he always had a bad habit of running his mouth off, like you just said. Well, he was he was saying stuff about me. I was like, you know what, whatever. I've dealt with that my whole life. No big deal. Then he started talking about my girlfriend at the time. I was like, all right, buddy, you say one more thing. I'm Wait, gonna... What
1: What grade were you in?
3: I was in eighth grade at the time. He was a freshman. Oh. So, yeah, this kid was older than me. But he started saying shit about my girlfriend at the time. I was like, listen, dude, you better shut your mouth. Then... He said shit about the one woman that matters the most in my life, my mother. He started saying shit about my mother. Yeah. I was like, all right, buddy. No more second chances. You meet me in the backyard right now. I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. Fuck yeah, dude. He's talking about your mom. Yeah, he started saying shit about my mom. I said, All right, backyard nope. now. You're that, fucking that, Yeah, that you're fucking done. That's the straw right there. He goes back there, you know, he's acting all big and bad in front of all the other guys. He's trying to hype himself up.
1: Oh, he's got his posse behind him and no, like getting, what's, trying to get hyped up and yeah, all that.
3: But what's the thing is, the thing is, the biggest guy there even agreed, like everybody else there was in his corner. But the biggest guy there who he was friends with, who I'm also friends with, looked him in the eyes and said, you shouldn't have said that. Because that big guy, the big guy, he knows me. Yeah. And he knows what – okay. He was almost a moderator at that point. Okay, he was an instigator, but he's also a moderator. But, okay, so given a little bit
1: of – Like, oh, he was like – he was a little lopsided, but like, okay, that's a little bit too far, dude. But he knows, yeah, Yeah. he
3: knows where the line is. But – Little backstory with this guy. So I'll just go ahead and say it. The big guy. His name is Cody. Fuck Cody. No. Okay. C- Cody's cool. Cody was the moderator. <laughs> Cody was the moderator.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cody's so, all
3: right. Never mind, Cody. So <laughs> Cody and me and the rest of the guys, we would always like, you know, just wrestle or whatever. Cody yeah. would wrestle against the other two guys and he wouldn't have to try. He, like he's just like, well, he get him down. <laughs> he had the, he had this one fucking, this kind of funny submission hold he'd always use. He'd grab their legs and literally stick his foot up their ass, uh, and they'd fucking just scream and tap out. Well, he tried it on me. He tried to, but me being the submission specialist I am, I grabbed his ankle right before he did it, turned him around, and got him in an ankle lock. He got out the of giant it. Giant killer. But he got out of it. He looked at me. He's like, all right. All right. He told me and the rest of the guys, he's like, the only person I ever had to try against was Christian. Yeah. Because Christian, the giant killer. Dude, because that's the thing. I'm a lot. Like, you see me. I'm, I'm six foot. I'm 150 pounds. You're bigger than me. Shit. Dude, I'm stronger. I'm strong as fuck for my size. I can pick up and slam guys that weigh over three hundred pounds. You ever do an incline leg press? Yes. What's your max? The last time I did it, my max was four sixty five. Eight seventy five. Nice. Very nice.
1: Yeah, but uh, I got <laughs> thick fucking legs, dude. <laughs> yeah. But my that's max why, that's why they tried to get me into wrestling some like actual wrestling. Yeah. Like like fucking high school wrestling. Yeah. So many times because I had a low center of gravity and I had that much fucking power in my lower end Mm because all I did was ride my bike Mm -hmm. all the time. And then, dude, I'm incline leg pressing 875. That's fucking metal.
3: But five times. But my max. Five time max, baby. My max recorded incline bench or incline leg press. Was four sixty five. I think it was for four reps. That's crazy. For my size, I was proud of myself. No,
1: no, it's crazy that I could do
3: twice that much. Yeah, that's nuts. It's it's insane.
1: I thought that was okay.
3: No, that that's crazy these days. Yeah. Like my buddy Dante. You see, you see how people like. I guess now it makes more sense
1: that they wanted me on wrestling. Yeah. I just
3: like. (laughs) And my buddy, (laughs) my buddy Dante, who's in my grade. His max. Love that
1: name, Dante. Didn't we say, "Hey, yep. Dante"? In yep. the last episode. His
3: max was over a
1: thousand. I remember regular leg press. It was um, uh, twelve fifty. Uh For this guy named Matt, we called him Fat Tits. <laughs> he was a fat. Okay, imagine Brock Lesnar, but fat. Big boy. B- blonde, big tits, everything. Dude, that motherfucker should I. Th- I actually, you know what? I need to track him down. Okay. Because uh, I'm pretty sure
3: he had to have been like a linebacker in college. Okay, but back to the story. Yeah, we got yeah, sidetracked. Go ahead, go ahead. So, anyway, Cody tells the kid, you shouldn't have done that. We get into the backyard. This kid makes big mistake. Big mistake. What does he tries to do? He tries to go low. He tries to go low and tries to tackle me. Well. You spin around. Nope. I just caught him and put him in this, this kind of headlock. Oh, and put your legs out and sprawled out? I put him in this headlock they call the guillotine. Yeah, guillotine. Well, you put him in a headlock and you wrench their neck. Yeah. Like Almost
1: like you're trying to break it. And you almost like try and like, but get a good posture up. Well, I started
3: – no, I wrenched his neck and then I jumped up on him and wrapped my legs around him like a boa and took him down and choked him out. This is this from the back
1: or from the front? From the front. Like, he, he's... He's facing down. You're facing down on him. He's coming at me, so I get him in the guillotine. So he's I, facing down. You're facing towards him,
3: his back. No, listen to me. I jump on him, and I fall on my back. Oh, so okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep yeah, yeah. in mind...
1: Oh, oh, you're wrenching this way.
3: Yeah. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. And keep in mind, every single person I have wrestled... When I get them in a headlock, they said my grip is almost like a boa constrictor. I don't know what it is, but I have a ridiculously strong grip when it comes to like putting people in headlocks.
1: Well, not to shoot you down or anything, but if you get a proper technique, then I think it doesn't.
3: It doesn't matter about strength. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's if all you, about if you get precision, the, if you
1: have and to, execution. Exactly. Now, if you have the grip and you get that, you get that grip, and you get that technique, it doesn't really. It's not necessarily how strong you are. It's it's precision execution. Exactly. But, it's execution.
3: Yeah, but when I jumped on him, I brought him down with me, and as we were falling, as I was going on my back, that's when I kind of jumped up on him and wrapped my legs around him real tight. You locked him in. I locked him in. That yeah. motherfucker was going nowhere. Everybody knew it. Even he knew he was not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, he was trying the to DM- squirm
1: around. Oh, wait. This wasn't a tournament. This was just fighting.
3: This was just, like, me shutting him up.
1: Okay, so this wasn't on a match. Okay.
3: Yeah, this was me putting him in his place. Yeah. So, I mean, he's trying to get out of it for at least a little bit. And he and then after a while, he realized he's not going anywhere. He taps out. Yeah. And I let him go. And I look at him. I, was, I help him up. I was like, look, from here on, I hope this settled shit. But the next time you run your mouth off, I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> I'm not letting go. There you go. And. We shook hands, called it a day, he went home, and I went that's inside. that's how it's
1: supposed to be. You
3: fucking fight it out. You don't get people to step in for you. There's No, time no, f- you,
1: you, you, you step up like a goddamn man, and then whoever wins, wins, whatever. It doesn't matter if anybody wins. If it just, y'all get tired, you fucking, you know what, you have mutual
3: respect now, you and got it's fucking over. cashed.
1: It's over. It's squashed. You
3: cash the check, and you move on.
1: It's squashed, man. That's how it's supposed to be. You've got a problem
3: with somebody. And now, to this day, that kid is actually one of my closest friends. See? There you go. That's all it takes is one one quick ass whooping, and you're good. Yeah. But going back to Cody, he is one of my closest friends. I never had a problem with Cody, but whenever me and him would, like, wrestle like in tournaments or whatever. Yeah. The finals would always be me versus him. Oh, no. The longest and y'all were friends though, right?
1: So yeah. y- y'all knew each other's tactics and everything.
3: Oh, he didn't know all my tactics.
1: Well, but okay, do you re- I I can only imagine how um how exciting that match would be every time. Well, yeah, everybody because got
3: because you guys knew each other so well. Everybody got hyped up because they knew Cody Cody was the big bear of the group. He was the big, strong dude, and I was, like you said, the Rey Mysterio of the group, yeah. the giant killer.
1: Yeah, kind of like, kind of like the the same ratio between me and that guy that I used to uh, reverse DDT in the
3: yeah fucking hallway. But I was the only, if not the closest to ever making Cody tap out because you never made him tap, tap out? I can't remember. I don't think I did. We need,
1: we need to change that. Get him over here in nah. the driveway. In the driveway. No, nah, right he right now.
3: He's tra- he's traveling for college baseball now. He's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. Oh yeah, don't
1: fuck up his career.
3: Yeah. But I was the closest to ever make See, making how him I tap- did that. Do you ever – do you <laughs> remember when The Undertaker was going through his whole American badass persona, that reverse the, that reverse headlock he had, the taking the, care of business? With the, uh, with the motorcycle, yep. this, that and everything, yeah. You remember that submission hold he used to use called the taking care of business? Uh, vaguely. It's like, say you got somebody in a headlock, but their stomach is facing – you're looking at their stomach. Oh, pulling them back. I yeah. got – well, I was on – my knee, I was down on one knee. He was down on both of his knees. I had him in that, and I was wrenching his neck and his back. He he had his hand up like he was getting ready to tap. But for as big as he was, I forgot how quick he was. He spun around, got out of it, got behind me, and put me in a sleeper. Ooh. And wrapped his legs around me, and I tapped. Yeah. Yes, I have the balls to admit it. Yes, I tapped out because that dude is – freakishly fucking strong and he is quick
1: you should never have any um shame in admitting that you lost a fight the thing but is that i used to i used to say all the time is like if i got a problem with somebody i don't know how to fucking fight but like every time you know like a fight or a potential fight would come up or i've got a problem with somebody it's like i'll my quote was i'll get my ass kicked in pride it's like i don't care i don't care I if i get my ass th- I'm kicked i'm still going to make my point
3: i'm still not going to back down yeah i'm not going to exactly. back down if that's what's that's where the respect is i'm not going to lay out.
1: down and take it i'm I, but i'm i'm but gonna, like, I, i'm okay with
3: i'm going out as defiant goddamn right but the thing is like say with the other guys whether it be me or whether it be cody wrestling them those matches usually be about a couple minutes 2 3 minutes, 4 minutes tops, max 4 minutes. Yeah. With me and Cody, the longest one we ever had was almost 20 minutes. Oh wow. Wrestling? Yeah.
1: And by That's the end a of a long it, ass time.
3: Yeah, because we kept getting out of each other's moves and we kept throwing shit that neither one of us was they expecting. We knew
1: each other too much, man.
3: Yeah, and at one point he tried to like I guess fucking suplex me, but you know how wrestlers counter that, right? You wrap their leg around their leg. That way, they can't get you up without falling backwards. Yep, yep, yep. So, because
1: it's your shoulder blades hitting the mat is actually the uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, so and I and, and real quick, a little. I think I may have told this already, but uh, I did. I was in wrestling for I think maybe two months. My first match was my last match. It was a girl twice my size, oh, Shit. and she beat the shit out of me and uh she grabbed my junk that was my first junk uh grabbing guys <laughs> i'm not even going to i'm not even going to lie <laughs> i went to practice afterwards in my spandex and then <laughs> one of the trainers went <laughs> <laughs> like that t- towards me even though everybody was just there in like basketball shorts it's like i don't like this anymore <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that, that's the god's honest truth. I'm not. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs>
3: hey, it makes content, but um, so like afterwards, bitch ass
1: red ass shoes, grab my junk and all that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but so like after this fucking, <laughs> don't spit your whiskey out again. No, I- Anyway, so go and tell your fucking story. I'm trying. (laughs) But so after after this 20 long minute match, 20 minute long match between me and Cody, we got up, we shook hands. And, dude, we are pouring sweat, drenched in sweat. And the other two guys are looking. They're like, we did not expect that match to go on for that long. Me and Cody, we shook hands, and we both said, like, dude, you got my full respect, man. We both said it to each other. Exactly. And, honestly, that's one of the reasons
1: why – We all we're friends now.
3: Yeah, like, but me and him got tighter because we were already friends, but – Oh, yeah, yeah. He respected the fact that it's like, one, I didn't fucking back down, and two, I gave him a fucking challenge. I was one of the only ki- – I was the only kid that could give him, like, a, a real challenge – because I have rest- that's not
1: primal
3: Beca- respect. It's that because
1: primal I- respect is like okay, oh shit, this you guy know, can, like can when, fucking when, go. Like when like lions like compete for like yeah. the fuck all the other lionesses. Oh yeah, it's like it's like that kind of mentality, you know? Right. It's it's that it's ingrained in our DNA, even though we're civilized. Right. And this that and the other thing, you're ex- explaining the the oh, you yeah it's. Mm. Nate! Oh, shit. Look who it is. But, like... Look at Mr. Wiener. Why are you so
3: shy? <laughs> hey, there's a spider in there.
1: He's probably going to pee on it. It was in the sink. Was it?
3: Yeah, there actually is a spider in there. Was a biggin'? Not really.
1: They're all biggins to me.
3: But... Anyways, so going back hate to this whole spitters. thing. I do too. But going back to this thing with Cody, he would, he would challenge the other guys and they'd kind of be nervous. He looked me dead in the eyes. He's like, Christian, you want to go? I was like, let's do it. Hmm. I looked him dead in the eyes. I said, let's do it. And then, Fuck yeah, yeah dude. our 20-minute wrestling match, he's like, all right.
1: Do I, um, I remember this one time.
3: Uh, hold on. Cody, if you're listening to this, love you man. Be safe traveling. We yeah, we all love you man. Uh he's a uh, military or no? No, he's he's traveling for baseball right now. He, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. Be safe, man. Keep your shoulder uh good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what is the uh pitcher, catcher? I think he's a th- he's a third baseman, I I believe. All right. Yeah. Make sure uh, you can still look to the
3: left real good. <laughs> be safe. Be safe, Cody. Love you, man. Yeah. Much man. respect to you, brother.
1: Okay, uh can you say the first initial of his last name so he knows? M. So his name is Cody Cody M. Yep. Cody M. But um Cody M, we're thinking about you here, man. I love and, you, brother. Uh, be safe. And I would immediately challenge you to a wrestling fight, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna lose. <laughs> so you just keep doing what you're doing, buddy.
3: Yeah, but that that's another thing. Going back to his his baseball background, dude. That dude is a wicked baseball player. Yeah. It, as a freshman in high school, he started as a varsity third baseman, and he got a full ride Division one scholarship to Bellarmine. Oh, D one, D one. Wow. Right out of high school, he signed it. He signed it his senior year, but he committed his junior year. If Good for I, him, dude. If I'm correct, Cody, if you're listening to this, if I'm incorrect, please correct me. Um, but no, yeah, he, no, we'll just keep talking him up. But <laughs> see, we <he, he laughs> might get him in, in the MLB, man. Here's another thing. <laughs> here's another thing about Cody. Dude would always act stupid, always act like an idiot. But he was very humble. He was ver- w- yes, he was very humble, but he was also very smart. Dude graduated with a 4.0 GPA. Wise, humble,
1: st- stupid, good at baseball.
3: Very uh, – yeah. But anyway, so going back on the topic of wrestling, <laughs> another guy I loved growing up wrestling with – I thought we
1: were on the topic of uh, bullying. Oh, shit.
3: <laughs> I want to jump back to topic of wrestling real quick. All right, real quick. Go ahead. Another one of my friends that I grew up wrestling with was my buddy Evan – who is i'm I've been friends with for sixteen- fifteen sixteen years now um, is his name last name brocado no
1: all right cool
3: um so like me and him, he's the one that got me into wrestling in the first place, so Evan, thank you oh. but he had a trampoline <laughs> I had a trampoline. I'd always either be over at his place or he'd be over at my place, and we go out on the trampoline for probably like two or three hours just doing wrestling moves. See, his, he would always do the tombstone. Oh, wait. The tombstone pile driver, the undertaker's move. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that was like. Get you upside down, drop you down. Oh, it's
1: like the pedigree, but different.
3: No, it's not the pedigree at all. You turn somebody oh, no, the, upside uh, down. It's,
1: it's people's <laughs> feet up in the air yep. for the tombstone. Yeah. It's yeah, a, pedigree a, is just – it's rah, rah.
3: Yeah, the tombstone is a modified version of the pile driver. Yeah, you're um, right,
1: you're right, you're right.
3: But, yeah, like, his moves was always either, like, the tombstone, mine was the 619, because he had, like – he had a little hole in his net, and because I had such good
1: – Grip.
3: Yeah. I would hang off the side of the trampoline, swing around, and give mm-hmm. him a
1: 619. Mom was always the Hurricane Rana. Yes, sir. And um, the. I did a Swanton once. I did that too. Um, but it was mostly the Hurricane Rana. And then what was the one where. Um, damn it. Well, keep talking. I'll, I'm going to remember here in a second.
3: Well, his his ones were the tombstone and the world's strongest slam by, by Mark Henry.
1: Now I remember. It was that uh, because I was playing SmackDown 2 and No Mercy, there was a difference between a regular drop kick and a drop kick that you did after you hit. You did a backflip. <laughs> back oh yeah! So I did. I see. I was all about the technical and speedy stuff. Yep. You know, so, like I did the hurricane Rana and then the backward speedy kick, yeah, must mush, and then uh I did a uh was it a swanton one time, and I barely made it, I never did it again
3: yeah i did I did the Swanton a few times, see one of mine was always the five star frog splash by RVD.
1: RVD! yes,
3: That, because I could pull that off. Better than anybody.
1: Dude, RVD was such
3: a fucking badass, man. Dude, like, yeah, and uh, people don't talk about RVD. They don't give him enough credit. I love RVD.
1: Oh, Hold on. We're going to take a break. What's up? He keeps him down. Yeah, well, I'm down. Sorry, man.
3: But... Yeah, RVD. RVD what? was the fucking man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um... Dude, let's talk about tag teams. You got to put the Hardys. You got to put Edge and Christian.
1: Don't get ahead of yourself. (laughs) No, the Hardy boys, definitely the top. Edge and Christian, as much as I didn't like them,
3: I loved them. The Dudley boys. Definitely the Dudleys. Devon, get the tables. We got the puppy here. We got, we got Chewy. We got the Beast. Um, oh my God! The okay, <sighs> we gotta talk about the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane.
1: Oh, I forgot that was what they they were called. Um, we need to stop talking about fucking wrestling, dude. This is ridiculous.
3: No, that's not. This is content. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were just talking about bullying. we were supposed to. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. let's jump, let's finish that topic.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, now you got me all flustered.
3: But Jer- Jericho's message was that no matter who you are, he's trying to get this message around to everybody that bullying needs to fucking stop, and it, it do- does.
1: It does, it Bulli- does.
3: Bullying's been going on for way too fucking long. It It has caused people to end their lives, like- how how bad do you think it is for a parent, a sibling, or a friend to have to lose somebody to to fucking bullying, man? It's, yeah, it's and fucking not only terrible. that, but
1: like in that sense, it's like you're gonna li- like everybody's gonna lose somebody, like Columbine and stuff like that. And they had a ex, um, somebody that was still in the system, but um, was a counselor there at the time, and that's where I mean she went on for like. Jesus, like 10 minutes. And you never have a caller that, like, on the line that long on nope. a terrestrial radio show. Nope. But, like, she was bringing up a lot of good points today. Like, like, like what I said earlier. Um, if it gets reported, the bully knows who, who reported. It? Yeah. And then that just makes it worse. And then she said also is that. That whole group that the bullies in will retaliate instead of him. Yep. Or them, her, them, whatever. So and I I I can't say it back verbatim, but like I I really hope that you guys go to one oh two five the bone dot com.
3: Yeah, please please and, read and, this article and, and, for yourself. And
1: and listen to that and listen to everything on there. As for like as per today,
3: hopefully it opens
1: your eyes to this whole situation and what's yeah. going on? Well, the thing is that they had n- numer- numerous people calling in about how like whether like they had sons or daughters that were in regular schools, and then they transferred it into charter schools, and it still didn't fucking work out right nope, nope, the one guy called in and said um, that his son um, pushed another kid. Just pushed another kid and then broke the broke his glasses, right? Dude, check this out. The fucking administrators wanted to call the police for property damage for the the fucking glasses. You know what happened? He said that uh, he got to the school. He uh, confronted the other father. He said, hey, I'm really sorry this happened to your son. I'm glad nobody got really hurt. He handed him 100 He's like, here's to help pay for the new pair of glasses. I will talk to my son so long as you talk to yours. Wipe their hands fucking clean. And it, that's how it's supposed to be done. You take care of yours. You know, I'll take care of mine. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, before we have to go here, let's let's uh, blow through some of these other stories. Um, and we're we're going to talk about this uh, airport fight between a United <laughs> agent and an ex NFL player. And uh, why don't you tell us, like you you knew this. You knew about this guy,
3: yeah, I just know he was a he was a rookie in the n f l for a while and then, like you said, he went up to Canada, but that's really kind of like the last anyway, dude, you know how fucking pissed I was at him today oh
1: god yeah i let i let him out like with his uh invisible fence collar and everything, and I'm like, I'm playing like like balloons. Ah. I'm, bl- I'm playing balloons for like an hour. Okay. <laughs> like where the fuck is my dog? I look up and I don't see him outside and I'm like, where the fuck is he? So I peek around the corner. Cause I whistled for him a few times and usually that gets him in, in the house. I, <laughs> I look around, I get him in dude he is covered with mud and there's this fucking hole this deep in front of my goddamn front door that he dug for an hour little asshole all right anyways let's talk about this uh this fight here on uh, united airlines let's uh this is the report here from um from ABC News.
2: ...fight between a former NFL player and an airline employee. Former player now facing charges. The worker has been fired. Transportation correspondent Gio Benitez has the story.
0: This morning, United Airlines firing this wheelchair attendant at Newark Airport after this viral video shows former NFL player Brandon Langley and the employee in a violent brawl. Sources telling ABC News it all started when that employee asked for a wheelchair that Langley was using to carry his luggage. The situation quickly escalating, Langley eventually knocking God the employee damn. out, but the agent getting back up to continue the fight. You want
2: some more? You want some more?
0: United telling ABC News it has fired the employee after investigating the incident and reviewing video from a bystander. Langley briefly played for the Denver Broncos this morning. He's charged with simple assault
2: one thing that I know about Brendan uh, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. Um, he doesn't you know, he's not he's not a, he's not a very malicious mean person and um, You know, I don't know much about the situation. So I, I can't really speak on everything But I, I just want him uh, to be safe.
1: that I love definitely him, sounds I rehearsed works out
0: in the end This comes as nearly 2.5 million Americans are set to fly each day over the Memorial Day weekend. The FAA saying unruly passenger numbers continue to fall, but still more than 1,300 incidents were already reported this year. And ABC News has learned that Langley is back in Canada where he plays professional football. His team says it's looking into the matter to learn all of the details. Robin. so Such an ugly fight. All right, Gio, thank you.
1: Oh, my God, that woman sounded like a man. That was the biggest story of all.
0: (laughs) Did you just hear that shit? Let's do that again. ...to learn all of the details. Robin, such an ugly fight. All right, Gio, thank you. Whoa.
1: (laughs) 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 That was the biggest story of all. That woman (laughs) Dude it looks like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> I got him, audience. I got him.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Kyle broke me. Kyle broke me. Yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's a story that we should be reporting on. I'm oh. telling
3: you. Oh God. <laughs> I thank you for. Th-
1: <laughs> what an ugly fight! <laughs> what an ugly fight! Me too. News now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're you're building the. <laughs>
1: I do news now <laughs> we gotta stop <laughs> dumb bitch <laughs> 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 all right uh apparently apparently apparently, there's a story
3: <laughs> all right, we gotta compose ourselves. So- <laughs>
1: Apparently there's a story about um Betty White's belongings being sold off and then like there's yeah, there's uh <laughs> This is the story coming up. About Betty White.
3: <laughs> Betty White <laughs> Betty White.
1: <laughs> nah, she was a sweetheart. I uh I love her. Okay, Uh,
3: real talk. She, Betty White, grabbed 2021 by the throat and said, if I'm going down, you're coming with me. Goddamn right. And, dude, you ever seen her back
1: in the day? Mm -hmm. She was a looker. Mm -hmm. Bro. And you know who I really, really, really hated? Like, I really was uh, disappointed about their death was Cloris Leachman. Right. You know who, tha- who that was?
3: I've heard of her, yeah.
1: She was uh, Mary Tyler Moore's slutty neighbor. And she was mama on Raisin Hope. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Mm-hmm.